Welcome to the Prairie Heights Podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Hey, Prairie Hiders, I am so excited. I get to join you on video today, and you might be wondering why. Well, my husband, Kyle, he also does pioneer seed sales along with being a farmer. And so one of the bonuses of that is he and my father-in-law did real well this last year and met some initiatives. And so they won a free trip to the Dominican Republic. My father-in-law said, hey, Kyle and Beth, you guys wanna go? And we said, yes, a free trip in the Dominican Republic without our kids. If you were here two weeks ago, we shared a message about the sin of lust. We talked a little bit about sex. And so, uh, yes, Kyle and I wanna go on a long weekend. (laughs) We wanna go to the Dominican Republic for free without our kids so we can enjoy one another and have a wonderful vacation together. (laughs) And you know what I mean by that. So we are excited to do that, but that's why I'm not in person. That's why I get to be on video. And I'm excited to do this because I believe that God has something in store for you today. I believe that the message of today, God has something for you. And so I I pray that you lean in and listen up and let's hear what God has for you, even if it's on video. And so, hey, we've been in a series called Total Eclipse of the Heart, and we're in week number six. And we've been talking about the sin in our life, right? We've been talking about the sin that separates us from our relationship with God. And that sin that separates us in our relationship with God actually keeps us like trapped up. It keeps us locked up in our life. It keeps us in cycles of sin and shame. But what happens is, is when we expose and when we let other people know, when we confess the sin in our life, you wanna know what happens? Freedom. We can experience freedom. We can experience more of God's love and more of God's grace. And so I wanna remind us, if, if maybe you're new today, the different sins that we have covered so far. We've covered sloth, we've covered envy, we've covered greed, lust. Last week we talked about anger, and today we're gonna talk about pride. We're gonna talk about pride, and this one's a doozy. (laughs) And this one, without a doubt, we all face. And so what is the definition of pride? Pride is an excessive love of one's own excellence. I'm gonna say that again. Pride is an excessive love of one's own excellence. What does pride sound like? Like what does pride sound like in our, in our everyday? Pride sounds like I did it, I earned it, so I deserve it. Pride sounds like I know better. Actually, I am better. Pride sounds like I didn't do anything wrong. Pride sounds like, I don't need to apologize, it wasn't my fault. This one, I think, trips us up a little bit. Pride even sounds like, I don't need help. The last one that 
I wanna talk about is pride sounds like, I don't need you, God. I can handle it all by myself. And the last one, that last one, I don't need you, God. I can handle it all by myself. Thank you very much. It's that last one that gets me every time. The last one gets me every time. And now I would say to you, and you've heard me say this, and I would say this around in my everyday life, God, I need you. And in my heart, I say that on a daily basis. God, I need you. And I 100% believe that. Like that in itself is authentic when I say it and I believe it in my heart. But here's what happens. Friends, if you were to like uh, shadow me for a day or a week or a month, and if you were to see the amount of times that I don't pray, if you were to see the amount of times that I don't spend time in God's word, if you were to see what was going on in my mind and you were to understand how much I rely on my past experience and my current knowledge more than my faith in decision-making, if you were to see the moments when I'm maybe doubtful or, or fear or anxiety begins to come into my life and I start to lean on myself and I don't pause to lean on God in those moments, you would see that happening in my life and you would see a woman who was trying to do it all by herself. See, the sin of pride gets a hold of my life in a space of independence, in a space of I can do it by myself, I'll just figure it out. I don't need you, but for sure, God, I don't need you. Even if on a heart level, like I know that I need God every day. And I think the reason why I say it a lot out loud is for me, <laughs> to remind me that I need God every day. And without him, I'm just banking on what I know, my experience, and my limited ability to be able to fulfill the call that God has on my life. And so I don't know, does that resonate with you? Like, are you in that place of pride? Do you find yourself in places where you think you can do it all by yourself? How does pride show up for you? Does it show up in the places where your ego is getting the best of you, saying, I know better than like everybody? Does your pride show up in spaces where it is very difficult to be the first to apologize and say, hey, I was wrong there? Like, where is it and what does pride sound like and really what does pride look like in your life? See, because what happens is when you and I let, let pride rule our life, it takes root. And that's the thing that you and I need to grapple with is like the root of pride that can like upheaval our life. And I want us to understand like where did pride come from? We're gonna, we're gonna go way back and we're gonna understand the root of pride. And that's gonna help us unravel for ourselves like how do we get out of that? And so the story of pride begins with a beautiful angel 
who was with God and serving God. And that angel decided at some point that being the most beautiful wasn't enough. That being with God wasn't enough. That there was more that this angel wanted in power and authority, that it was no longer enough just to sit under the authority of God. And so this angel that we read about in Ezekiel 28, I'm gonna read verses 17 and 18. And as I do, I just wanna say this um, as a little disclaimer, like most scholars believe that these, these scriptures point to Satan, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. See, this angel wanted to be God. And here's what we read in Ezekiel 28, 17 and 18. 17 says, your heart... The angel's heart became proud on account of your beauty. The pride began to come because this angel was so beautiful. For you and I, pride begins to come when our gifts like start to shine. Do we take credit for the gifts, abilities, talents, appearance that we have been gifted by God? It says, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and I made a spectacle of you before kings. Verse 18 says, by your many sins and dishonest trade, you have uh, desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. Maybe you've heard of it, that angel is Lucifer, was more beautiful than the rest, yet that still wasn't good enough. Being with God, as I said already, and being the most beautiful was not enough for this angel. And when the angel sinned and lied and, and tried to be God, he was kicked out of heaven and sent to earth. See, pride created Satan. The root of pride in our world is evil. It is evil every day, all day, still today for all of us. The root of pride is evil. And when the pride took over, what happens is it opens the door for all other sins. C.S. Lewis wrote in his book, Mere Christianity, he said this, he said, according to Christian teachers, the essential vice, like the utmost evil in this whole world is pride. Unchastity, which means lust, lust, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Pride says, God, I do not need you. Pride says, God, I do not wanna follow you. Pride says, God, I know better, I am better, I can do better. Pride says, me, 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 I'll do it my way, by myself. 
And that is the very place that Satan began his existence. It is evil, friends. The sin of pride is the root of every other sin. Because when we begin to live a life of independence apart from God, we have no reason to turn from the other sin when it begins to trickle into our life. Pride opens the door to sloth and envy and greed and lust and gluttony, living life for me and me alone because all of those sins feel good in the moment. They satisfy us and give us pleasure in the moment. And pride is the sin that says it's okay to get what you want and pleasure yourself and do it for you and make yourself bigger and more. It is the sin of pride, friends, that roots in all kind of evil in this world and in our lives. And so I wanna fast forward to the Garden of Eden In the Garden of Eden, that's when God and Adam and Eve are living in perfect harmony. There is no sin. And one day, a serpent shows up in the garden and says to Eve, for God knows that when you eat from it, eat from this fruit on the tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil I want to point out right here, who is the serpent? The serpent is Satan. And what is Satan full of? Pride. And what does Satan say to Eve right there? You will be like God. Satan wants to trick us into believing that we one day could be God. And in this, what the Satan and the, certain, uh, the serpent are saying is that... Uh, I want to go back for a second. What, what Satan wants most, friends, what Satan wants most in our life is he wants all the glory. <laughs> Satan does, actually. Satan wants all the credit. Satan wants all the power and all the authority. And, and because Satan wants to be God, through the deception and the lies and the scheming, see, Satan wanders around this world, just like he did in the garden with Eve saying like, hey, this is gonna open up your eyes and you can be like God. And Satan is wandering around this world filled with pride, wanting to take you out. And here's what he's hoping. He's hoping that one day he can overcome God. He can overpower the most almighty. That is pride, friends the desire to be like God. And the, how that plays out in our life is the desire to live your life for you and you alone, to be the Lord over your own life. I'm gonna say that again. Pride shows up in each and every one of us when we decide to be the Lord of our own life. And we say, God, we are not gonna submit under your authority. And the root of that pride is centered in evilness in Satan. And when we lean into pride and we let the sin of pride fester in our life, we are compounding evil 
in this world. I know that that feels really heavy. And in some ways, I want it to feel really heavy because pride is no joke. And the scary thing about pride is it can be hidden. The serpent made it feel a little hidden. But there's hope. There is hope because here's what we know. That's everything that we know, some of what we know about pride. But here is what we know. Out of humility, out of humility, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, into this world to be fully God and fully human and to die for our sins. And, to, and then he rose again in fulfillment of all the scriptures to unite us with our heavenly father. Jesus is our example of humility. Jesus conquered death and Jesus is victorious over all evil in this world. The antidote to pride is humility. Pride was rooted in Satan. Humility is everything of Jesus, everything of Jesus. And so when we live our life for Jesus Christ and we understand who he is and what he came here to do and we follow that with passion and we follow that radically and we obey his commands, not what we think our commands are. Friends, we are living in humility. Let's talk more about this. Humility means true humility is seeing ourselves as we truly are fallen in sin and helpless without God. Let me repeat that. True humility is seeing ourselves as we truly are, like being honest with ourselves. This is who we are and this is who we aren't. Fallen in sin, humility wakes up every day and says, hey, I am a sinner. <laughs> I am fallen, I am broken, I make choices that I shouldn't. I say things that I shouldn't. I do things that I shouldn't. Humility acknowledges that. And humility says and understands that we are helpless without God. Humility says every day, I need you, God. I need you, God, to get through this. I need you, God, to help me answer this. I need you, God, in this circumstance. I thank you, God, and I give you the credit and the glory for the good things in my life. That, friends, is humility. Humility is having a solid picture of who you are in Jesus Christ, being secure in him, moving through life with a posture of like not thinking too much of ourselves. Like you don't, you don't heighten your sense of self, yet you also look around and you pause and you take every opportunity to serve and love other people around you. Humility, friends, is recognizing that we fall short and that on our own we cannot, but with God we can. But with God we can. So how can we turn from pride to humility? Let's get a little practical here and jump into scripture. How can we turn from pride to humility. The Apostle Paul, uh, he wrote in Philippians, we're gonna walk through a few verses and it's all about humility. And so let's start in Philippians 2, verses three and four. Here's what it says. Do nothing, Paul advises. 
He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. What is selfish ambition? It's pride. What is vain conceit? It's pride. Vanity. And selfish ambition is pride. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. See, friends, our motivation really matters. Our heart posture really, really matters. In your heart, do you serve other people with a motivation of kindness and goodness? Do you serve other people for them? I mean, honestly, pride can show up in a way that says like, I just serve other people because that looks good. That, can ha- that happens. And I think it's important that we recognize our motivation. What does it look like to practice humility, to value others above yourself? In verse five, it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. How can we have the same mindset as Christ Jesus? When we place our faith and trust in him, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. We have the power of Jesus Christ in us every single day. And the power of Jesus Christ gives us the humility. It like, it's like we, we can put on our clothes in the morning. We can put on our clothes of Jesus Christ that is humility. That when we put that on, it actually covers up and takes out the pride in our life. It removes the pride when we walk in a posture and a heartbeat of humility, when we have the power and the strength and the authority of Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit living within us. Verse six and seven says this, who, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. What that means is Jesus Christ and God have the same power and the same authority and they're saying Jesus Christ when he was here on earth being the very nature of God, having the same power and the same authority, he didn't take advantage of that. Rather, he made himself nothing. He actually did the opposite by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. We read in another scripture in the New Testament, it's Matthew 23, 12, And it says this, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, Jesus Christ came and he flipped the entire thing. Jesus Christ came and and he came as a servant. Let's keep reading in 8. Verse eight, it says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Paul reminds us. He reminds us in that he says, here's who Jesus is. Jesus came from heaven. 
as the son of God to be fully human and fully God, but he came as a humble baby, born in a manger in the most humble way. Jesus started off his life on earth, born of a humble virgin. Everything about his story is humility. And then we read about examples of how he chose to live his life, and there's a moment, you know, before he's headed to the cross where he washes his disciples' feet. The very people who are following him, he serves them and washes their feet. And out of humility, they receive that. Hey, today when you came, there were people that offered to shine your shoes or help those scuffs and make your shoes look newer and brighter. And not only is that a humble posture for our friends who did that to you, but think about the humility that is required to receive that gift. To say, yes, will you please shine my shoes and make them look nicer? The disciples who are following Jesus, can you imagine the humility it took on their end to say, yes, Lord, you can wash my feet that are so dirty. In that time, they had sandals. They didn't have, they didn't have shoes that would cover up all the stuff. Like, think about the humility on both ends. Jesus is, is modeling humility, but there's also humility in receiving that. The last thing that Jesus did is he died on a cross. He had all, all power, get this, he had all power, he had all authority to do anything. But out of love and humility, he chose to stay on that cross until his very last breath because he knew that that was his father's plan. And he obeyed and he did it. And he paid the ultimate price for all of our sin out of humility. Out of humility. That is who Jesus Christ is. And friends, when we recognize Jesus Christ in our own life, we can become more like him. In humility. Every single day. What does that mean for us? How do we show humility? Friends, humble people feel secure. When you're around humble people, you can feel it because they feel secure. They know their identity is not whether they were successful or whether they failed, whether people like them or not. They know their identity is in Jesus Christ. You can feel it when people are humble. Humble people laugh at themselves a lot. Humble people know that they're gonna mess up. They're gonna make mistakes because they realize they're gonna miss the mark. And humble people can laugh at themselves because they recognize that they actually do in fact need Jesus. Humble people typically have been humbled. What do I mean by that? Uh, I wanna assume that in each and every one of our lives we've had humbling moments. Those moments where like you came in confident and you're like, I got this. I can do this. And you ended, and it didn't quite turn out that way. And you were humbled. I remember as a Division II college basketball player, uh, it was the mid-season mid of my sophomore year. 
And I, I had been practicing really hard. I felt like I was doing things really well and I was improving. And I hadn't gotten a lot of playing time up to that point. And so in my one-on-one -on -one with my coach, I said, hey coach, um, I really think if you give me a shot, I, I can really show up for us. Like, will you give me a shot? I've been working hard. Um, I would love to be given a shot. And so sure enough, it was our next game and he gave me a shot. And he put me out there and he gave me more playing time. You wanna know what happened? I airballed a three-pointer. I, uh, at the end of the game, I fouled out and it was, we were within three points and I fouled their best player who ended up making the free throws to win the game by one. Um, there was something else I did that I can't remember, but I will never forget. After coach talked to our whole team and everyone left the locker room and I walked up to him and I apologized and I said, coach, I said I was ready and I'm sorry. I didn't show up tonight like I thought I could. That was humbling. That was humbling. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been humbled? You thought you had it, but you didn't. It's in those spaces in our life where we can count on Jesus. See, humility, friends, is the state of the heart. And really, only you know how humble you truly are. That's a, that's a between you and God conversation. And it's a growing state of the heart. It's a growing posture of the heart. And the only way other people know is how it feels to be around you. People can tell based on your presence. See, because humble people bring a non-anxious presence. Humble people include others. Humble people bring people back to center by pointing out Jesus and Jesus' role in everything we do. So in just a moment, I'm gonna send it back to the team live in the room, but, uh, and after I do that, you're actually gonna have a chance to get up and receive communion. And I, I wanna talk about the reason we do communion, and when you get up to receive communion at Prairie Heights, we always want it to be a very special spiritual moment for you. We want you to not only get up and receive the elements of communion, we want you also on a heart level, we want you to respond. So I wanna invite you to respond to today's message as you receive communion. And so here's four questions that I want you to sit with as you go through communion today. They are, how does sin, how does the sin of pride show up in your life? How do you need to accept help from others? How can you practice humility toward others? And where do you need God's help? I'm gonna repeat those one more time. How does the sin of pride show up in your life? Like, where does it show up? How do you see it playing out? What's going on inside of you that you know is prideful? That says, I can do it. I don't need to apologize. I'm better. Like, what, where's pride? How do you need to accept help from others? Humility says, I can receive help. I can receive help. Where do you need to do that? How can you practice humility toward one another? How can you serve other people? How can you value others above yourself? And where do you need God's help today? Where can, can you recognize a spot in your life where you've been doing it on your own? You've been Lord over your life? And today, God's helping reveal that to you, that actually you need God to be the Lord 
over your life and in that area. I wanna encourage you to be honest with yourself and be honest with God today. And I want you to know like, I am always cheering for you. I'm cheering for you and I love you. And I pray that with each day, you're growing closer to Jesus Christ. And as much as I love you, I want you to know that God loves you even more. Like God loves you so much more. And out of that love, I pray that you and I can receive and become more humble in this life and we can share that with others. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.